Stand by for the Terry Saul Show. Five, roll tape. Four, cue Terry. Three, bring audio up. Two, stand by. One, play intro. Stay tuned for the Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, featuring Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule's State Farm Insurance. Good morning and welcome to the weekend show. I am your host, Terry Saul, along with Amanda Smith. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. This show today is being brought to you by our friends over at the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes and Teresa Lule State Farm Insurance. Today, our special guest is Chris McEwen, and you are the owner of Quality Men's Health. Is that correct, Chris? Chris? That's correct. Yep. Thanks, Terry. It's good and, to be uh, here. Tell us a little bit about tell us a little bit about yourself first, then we'll get into your company. Yeah, so um, my journey sort of started back in 2011 or 12 when I started nursing school. I graduated that in 2014. I uh, worked in orthopedics for a couple of years. I was working on my bachelor's, and then I was working in the ICU for a while. Uh, and then after that, I went on to my master's and became a nurse practitioner. And then I worked uh, in nursing homes dealing with... Um, pulmonary issues and cardiovascular issues for them and then i transitioned into working in men's health and then i started my own place okay have you worked over at the hospital then uh, i grew up in illinois so that was mostly illinois uh, but i did work in the hospital there yep. yeah the emergency room there is uh, mostly the icu yeah. yeah so you know when they would go to the uh, emergency room then they were sick enough they'd come see us so yeah. we dealt with uh, pretty sick people that are intubated and some end-of-life care and things like that yeah, so i hung out in the icu room Last year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Nine days I was a guest there. Yeah, it's not a, not the best place to be, but it's I always good to so, leave. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be a stressful uh, position. Yeah, it certainly can be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually just kind of gets a little bit more routine. You get a little more comfortable with it, like most things, but it's definitely okay, still yeah. stressful when, when things aren't going the right way for people, you know. So yeah. it's hard when you're dealing with people and people's lives and families, and it's you know usually the worst time of their life and their family's life. So. You know what was the worst time for me, that nine days? Is when the nurse came in and she says, "I'm here for your bath." Uh, <laughs> and it's like, "Could you go and get somebody else?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she goes, "Don't worry, I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Not on me. You haven't." Yeah, right. It's uh, for us. It's all the same. Yeah, we see it every day. So, <laughs> all right. So, tell us a little bit. What is what is Quality Men's Health? So, we specialize in, in men's health, as the name uh, suggests. So, we specialize in testosterone replacement and erectile dysfunction for the most part. We can help a little bit with weight loss. That's kind of all part of it. Uh, I think there's a, a pretty big need for men's health, particularly. You know, women have a, a doctor they can go to, you know, starting from pretty much teenage years on. So, I think that's great for them. But there's a void for men. They don't have that. So, I think Why it's important. Is that? I didn't even think of that. That's very true. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it might be just in part because guys don't like to go. Um, that could be part of it sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, as uh, time goes on, the last several decades, testosterone has been dropping by around a percentage per year. Um, so, you know, looking at 50 years ago, on average, we were 50% better as far as testosterone levels. Wow. So, I Do think, you know why that is? <laughs> there's a lot of debate for it. I don't know that anybody truly knows. I think a lot of it is diet and exercise or lack of, you know, a R- good diet and of, exercise. Yeah. Um so a lot of the oils that are in foods anymore, all the processed foods, lack of exercise, uh, I think overweight obesity leads to it as well. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of a compounding factor because then you produce less testosterone, more estrogen when, you have, when you're overweight. So it all just kind of goes in this circle, a, a downward spiral, really. How much does age 
play a factor? Age is huge. Um, you know, starting usually around 30, 35, our testosterone levels decline. 35? Yeah, oftentimes, yeah. Sometimes holy younger. Holy. Yeah, so I've actually had patients, you know, in their early 20s, and they're diagnostically low for testosterone. It's really sad. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's All not right. uncommon, It's right? not uncommon, no. Right. A lot of people think it is, but mm-hmm. it's really not. And I think that's part of the thing that people aren't talking about it so much, so people think it's really uncommon. But once you start talking about it, you realize, oh, you know, a lot of my family friends feel the same way. Yeah, or, I'm not alone. Right. Okay. Yeah. Here's here's a stupid question. What is testosterone? What is that? Uh, testosterone is just the main sex hormone for men. So um, women have it too, just in a much smaller dose. But it's basically the building block for a lot of things, building muscle, stronger bones, um, you know, feeling better, weight loss, all those things. Okay. Directions. And in woman, what do they call it for women? For so men, it's a testosterone. What is it for women? Women still have testosterone as well. It's just in a smaller dose. Estrogen is their main sex hormone. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when does their estrogen start to diminish? Usually for them, you know, um, perimenopause is usually around 45 or so, 40 to 45, and then menopause usually is around 45 to 50. Okay. Yeah. All right. Am I going to continue with this? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I can't, I, I'll be honest with you, I can't read your question here. You're, you're writing on that, uh, right under testosterone. What is the question that you're, you want me to ask you there? Oh, that was just for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, what is that question? I, I won't ask it. Oh, the andropause one? Yeah, what is that? Oh, uh, what is andropause? Yes. So, um, andropause is basically the male equivalent of menopause for women. Oh. So, it's uh, when our main sex hormone starts to decrease, um, being testosterone, you kind of start getting the symptoms of fatigue, decreased libido, erectile dysfunction, weight gain, muscle loss, foggy thinking, all those types of things. Um, and nobody really talks about andropause, but everybody knows about menopause. Yeah, I didn't even know that was the thing. I didn't either. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunately. I know foggy thinking about. was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I experienced that a lot. Yeah, that happens uh, as we get older, and a lot of people say, "Well, I think I'm just getting older." I'm like, well, sure, but let's address it and help you feel a bit better as you older and age gracefully. You know. Okay, so how do you address it? So there's several ways. You know, we kind of touched on a little bit, touching on improving diet and exercise. So avoiding processed foods, eating healthier, eating more balanced whole foods, um, shopping the outside of the grocery store. So eating more vegetables and fruits and, and clean meats, you know, not deep frying everything, of course. And then exercise is huge, too. You know, as a whole, we don't get enough exercise. It's we hard. We hate that word. We hate yeah, that exercise, exercise word. Yeah, it might as well be a four-letter word for some of us. But um, <laughs> so it's really hard. You know, it's hard to find the time. There's always plenty of excuses to not exercise, um, and then that pretty much makes our life suffer. You know. Okay. So the symptoms for low test—I can't say—I can't say the word testosterone. Testosterone. Yeah. Uh, um, we touched on them a little bit. You know, mainly when people come in to see me, they're having fatigue. They're feeling tired. They can't get through their work day or they get home and they sit on the couch and they fall asleep. They just can't do anything besides work and they don't even like work. You know, it's just they have to get through and have to do it for themselves and for their families. Um, decreased libido is huge. Some people don't have a, a libido or sex drive anymore. Some people it's very limited, um, which is pretty uncommon for men. 
you know. Is libido and a sex drive, is that the same thing? It's the same thing, just a fancy word for it, yeah, just to okay. confuse people, I suppose. Well, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Um, erectile dysfunction is really common, too, so loss of morning erections, difficulty obtaining or remaining an erection. Um, you know, a lot of times that causes issue within a relationship because the, the women oftentimes, or their spouse, I should say, think it's their fault, um, understandably so, but it's generally not. A lot of times it's it's due to low testosterone or stress or some other factor that's not related to their partner. But, you know, when you're on the other side of it, I certainly understand how that can become an issue. Stress can lead to that? It can, yeah. Yeah, um, stress in your home life, personal life, work life, uh, or even sometimes some people have stress within their sexual relations, you know, um, for whatever reason they're worried about if they're performing well enough or or comparing themselves to others or what they've seen on, on TV. Right, right. At what age should you start winding down your sexual activities? I don't think ever, yeah. I think you should always be sexually active. I think it's an important part of life and uh, happy relationships, Okay, in my opinion. You're, well, <laughs> I value your opinion. Yeah. So if somebody comes into your office and they're like, these are my concerns, I guess what does is, what is that appointment look like? What do you run through with them? That's a good question. Um, my first visit's free because I think education is important. Like we talked about, not enough people are talking about testosterone or low testosterone, in my opinion. So um, I like to offer. You think it's like a guilt thing or like a shame, like a pride? <sighs> There's a lot of pride involved, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, guys don't want to talk to their friends about erectile dysfunction, you right. know. And then some of them have some shame behind it because, you know, they're upset or their they're fa- significant other gets upset and then that can cause stress on them too. So I think there's a, just a, a little compounding reasons beyond, behind it mm-hmm. um, and they're all understandable for sure. So the first visit, I uh, just kind of get to know you. Usually it's around an hour long or so. We kind of talk about, you know, what's going on, what are your issues, what are your symptoms, is this potentially related to testosterone or not? You know, we could talk about diet and exercise, ways to address it. Um, improving sleep is really important. And then... I like to have a comprehensive initial lab work, so kind of get an overview of your whole health, essentially, you know, so looking what at... What are you looking for in, the, in lab work? Yeah. Just, are you talking blood draws? And- blood mm-hmm. draws, yeah. Um, so usually send them to go get blood work done, look at all kinds of stuff, you know, their blood counts, just to see if there's any anemia, because sometimes low blood counts uh, can cause fatigue in those issues, checking their thyroid for the same reason, Um there's all kinds of stuff that we like to check, too. Just looking at your cholesterol, how does that look? Um, we look at an A1C, which looks at the last three months of your blood sugars and takes an average of it just to kind of see, do you have prediabetes or diabetes? Because uh, low testosterone has been linked to um, worse blood sugars, essentially. So okay. testosterone helps with insulin sensitivity. Insulin brings down blood sugar. Um, if you have low testosterone, you can't use your insulin as well, essentially. So I think it's important to look at that and address it, preferably before you have diabetes. You know, if you have prediabetes or even creeping towards that, let's talk about ways to improve that. Mm-hmm. Um, look at a couple of other things. You know, your PSA looks at your prostate health. Um, it's a prostate-specific antigen. That one's important, too. Prolactin. I like to check prolactin because it's not very often checked, but prolactin uh, or a prolactinoma, a growth on your pituitary can mimic signs of low testosterone. 
And if this level is really high, potentially you have this this growth on your pituitary. It's a, it's a benign growth, uh, as in non-cancerous, but it can cause issues if it goes untreated. And I have caught a couple of them, so I think it's important to check that. Um, what is your is, is your pituitary like a gland? It is. It's a very tiny little gland in your brain, essentially, that controls a, a lot of different things in your body, um, testosterone being one of them. Um, super important and you know people that have a lot of repetitive brain injuries you know sports or you know police firefighters army military those types of people that oftentimes are doing things that you know maybe will cause them to have repeated head trauma can affect how well different aspects of your brain work and it can also affect your testosterone levels too okay so is 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 there a point where you you get your blood work back you sat down and you looked through everything there. Um, then you're going to bring the patient in there and go over a, a program? Yeah, so the first visit, too, that um, we kind of talk about if you do have low testosterone, because, you know, generally when they come see me, they've already thought about wanting to do low uh, testosterone replacement therapy. Um, so I kind of go over the, the side effects, issues, um, benefits of testosterone in the beginning so they kind of know what they're getting into before even having lab work drawn, unless they want to have a lab work drawn first, which is totally fine. But then they come in. I'll talk about every one of these labs with them, um, not just like, oh, everything's fine except this. I'll actually go over every single part of each uh, chunk of lab, essentially, which is quite a few tests, because I found that most time when you go to, to a primary care somewhere, some physician or, or uh, uh, mid-level provider, whoever, that they just usually say everything's fine except for you know your cholesterol, do this or that. Not, but I want them to know what each and every part of it means because I think that's important too. I think that's really great actually because you're right. Doctors will just be like, oh, this is what's wrong. And it's like, well, what about everything else? What am right. I doing right that's keep maintaining that? And all, and, and what are they? What does it mean? Exactly, yeah, because you know, it's important to know what you're having tested because you know? yeah. a lot of people don't even know. I'm like, well, when's the last time you've had – you know, your thyroid looked at or your kidneys, your liver, you know, they're like, well, I don't know. My doctor said everything was fine. I'm like, well, okay. That they probably it. checked it, <laughs> but, but I don't know for sure. Right. You know? um, importantly, too, when we're looking at lab work, there's total testosterone, which is how much testosterone you have. And that's usually the only one that's checked, but there's also free testosterone. And that one's really important because it's how much is free or available for your body to use. Um, so, you have to look at both of them, in my opinion, to see, really give a good look of what their testosterone levels are. Is that stored in your body, free testosterone? Um, so it's not so much stored. Testosterone is produced at night when you're sleeping, and then you kind of use it during the day, and then when you sleep, it's produced again. Um, so it's not stored so much. A little bit is, I suppose, but um, for the most part, it's kind of a cyclical thing that's used nightly and daily. So get okay. a good night rest, guys. Super important. Sleep's huge. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, more with today's special guest. We're talking with uh, Chris McEwen from Quality Men's Health. Your, today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Home Streets, Lule State Farm Insurance. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Stick around. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group. Welcome back to the weekend show. We are talking today with uh, Chris McEwen from Quality Men's Health, and we're talking about uh, well, we're talking about everything that the guys don't want to talk about. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, what does the treatment entail? So, there's several options. Um, you know, having a good look at the overall health is a good first start, and then you know, if it's 
you know, decent level of testosterone, work on your diet and exercise and your sleep and see how that does. Most of the time, truthfully, that's not enough. So there's several options that you can do. There's one medication, well, there's several medications that essentially you can take that stimulate your endogenous, your inside testosterone production, and they can help with some of these symptoms. They have a little bit more side effects generally, but sometimes uh, it's good to do those, especially if you're considering having children, um, which we can talk about in a little bit as well. But So that's one option. Um, but really the main sort of thing that we focus on is testosterone replacement therapy. So there's, there's four main ways that testosterone is replaced. The first way is um, oral, and I don't do this one because studies are showing that generally speaking for men especially, to get a high enough level of testosterone to help you feel better, it's probably going to potentially cause damage to your liver. So I don't think the risk versus benefit is there for men. Um, women need a much lower level, so I suppose it might be okay for them, but I don't, I don't feel it's beneficial or worth the risk for your liver. Okay. Um, so it's out, it's out there. I think it's important that people know all the options. Right. Um, and we always talk about this at the first visit because I will tell them, these are out there. You're welcome to, to try them if, if you want to, um, or you can start with me or do whatever you want because it's your choice, um, and choice is important in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Hey, so you said it's oral. Are you talking about medication? Yes. Yeah, so it would be oral testosterone. Yeah, some people can do it sublingual where it goes under your tongue and it kind of dissolves. And that's not supposed to affect your liver so much because it, it misses the first pass effect, which is essentially meaning that when you take an oral medication, generally it goes through your liver first if you're swallowing it. But if you do it sublingual and it's absorbed that way, generally it doesn't do the first pass. Um, so they say it's okay, but I just don't really like it. I don't think the benefit's there. Right. Okay. What do you, what do you prefer then? So um, th- I prefer... Um, I'll backtrack one. There's one more that I don't do also, but I think it's important, again, that people know it. So um, it's basically testosterone pellets. So you can go to places where they will make an incision sort of above your, your glute and your butt, and they'll put testosterone pellets in. And they get absorbed over, you know, pretty variable two to six months, usually usually closer to four to five, six How months. How big are these pellets? <laughs> They're pretty small, but some people need quite a few of them. How many? Um, I had a patient the other day that was on 16 pellets. Um, and they put small. these 16 in uh, in like a pocket above your butt. Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah. But, but, butt pocket. I'm a little butt pocket, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, and, and you have to go back to every how often to get more pellets put in. The It's pretty variable, which is part of the reason I don't I don't care to do that because uh, everybody's different and absorbs differently. So usually they say four to six months. So you're yeah. getting a, basically a small procedure every four to six months. No, thank you. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I don't, I don't love it. Um, you know, I think some people do really well on it. Again, I think women do pretty well on it because they don't need such a high level like men do for testosterone so it's more it's easier to absorb slower for them i think but so maybe those two are more catered towards women not i mean both women and men but probably a better option for the women than versus the men in my opinion i think so yeah um there's always different varying opinions but that's that's just mine all right um you know with those you get sort of a big increase of your testosterone level and people feel really good for a while but then you get this slow drawn out decrease and then you know it's like well are you are you needing more yet or not it's kind of a guess a lot of times it's kind of just how you're feeling and then um you can go get more put in so it's an option out there that people certainly can 
can look into. There's quite a few places that do it. I just don't think it's the best, most stable option in my opinion. How long of a procedure is that? Is it done in a doctor's office? He's just right in the office, yeah. It's a small incision, you know, inch or less probably long, and then they just kind of put the pellets in, and then they put some steri strips on, just close it up a little bit, maybe glue it, and then then you're out. Maybe glue it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Skin glue is great. <laughs> You're stressing him out. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't do those ones. <laughs> yeah, I don't do those. So All right. um, there's two other really good options that I do use. So the first one being a injection. So with this, there's kind of a lot to it, but um, there's a there's a guideline out there for some reason, and I'm not sure why it even exists because it doesn't make sense, but th- there's a guideline that says if you have hypogonadism, which is a technical diagnosis for low testosterone, you uh, can start them on to- or, excuse me, testosterone stipulate 200 milligrams injection once every other week. The, the problem that I have with that is that one, it's a pretty big dose right off the bat, and two, it's not frequent enough because the half-life of testosterone stipulate is around five or six days, and that's just to say that if you were to inject on Monday, five or six days later, say Saturday or so, now it's the halfway gone, and then now you're decreasing from then for the next you know, six, seven, eight days until you do your next injection. What if you inject every five days? So I actually recommend, or prefer every three and a half days, so twice a week. So basically, I like to do less than that, uh, or you know, 160 milligrams total per week, so it's a smaller dose, and then split that in half again. Okay. So 80 Where are you injecting it? Just in the, in the gut, the belly? So there's two ways, yep. Um, if you do the twice a week injections, you can do it subcutaneous or in the, in the belly fat, essentially, with like an insulin needle. They're not too bad. Right. Um, pretty well tolerated. The only sort of issue sometimes that I see is that people get nodules or little bumps. They're kind of tender, and they'll go away, but it's just kind of a nuisance sometimes. Um, I had those personally, so I've switched to intramuscular. So those also go in the ventral gluteal, which is just the side top part of your of your butt, essentially, of your glute. Well, that's going to hurt a little bit because there's bone there. Uh, so just don't hit the bone. I'll show you how not to. Um, no, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a, you know, a little bit bigger needle because it has to go into the muscle there. But um, the ventral gluteal area is really good. There's not as many, you know, nerves or big vasculature, so you're not going to hit an, an artery or vein there. Um, really well tolerated. A lot of people say they hardly feel it. I hardly feel it, to be honest. I think, and once you get used to it, it's just, you know, a normal another day. Basically, yeah, I, I take um, daily. I take Trulicity every Friday, mm-hmm. and those I feel. But I'm also taking insulin every day. I don't even feel those anymore. Exactly. The, the needles are so tiny. And I give myself twice a day, and I don't even feel it. Yeah, that's the the nice thing about the insulin needles. They are very small um, and pretty well tolerated. But, you know, if people don't tolerate them, there's always intramuscular, and those are pretty much always pretty well tolerated. Okay. When we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about who pays for all this. Okay. And also, I want to talk about uh, um, some of the side effects. Perfect. Okay. All right. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, more with today's special show. Uh, today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule State Farm Insurance. More with our guest, Chris McEwen, right after this. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM, brought to you today by the Lule Group.
We are back. This is the weekend show on Salem's original radio station, KSLM AM and FM. I am your host, Amanda Smith, has joined us as she does each and every week. And we are talking today with Chris McEwen from Quality Men's Health. And we're talking about um, low testosterone. Why, why is that such a hard well, word to say? And the injection. So I want to pick up kind of where we left off. So you said you like to have people do their injections about every three and a half days. So do they come to your office to do those or do they do them at home? That's a great question. So I have my patients do them at home. So it's easy. I was yeah. going to say coming to the doctor's office could be a lot twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. So I always give them the option. They can do the once a week injections or the twice a week injections. Regardless, they can do them at home. You know, it's pretty convenient. Um, it's a little bit awkward the first couple times because you're you're not used to usually giving yourself injections. Right. Um, you know, some people are. Like Terry, you get pretty used to it. Um, but a lot of them, their significant other does it for them too, you know. So I love when they come in together. A, we have a problem with that one. Uh, when I started doing these injections, Patty was helping me, and she would stick the needle in, and then she'd pull it back out, and she'd stick it in again. She'd, I'm not sure if I'm in all the way. I go, yes, you are. Quit poking around. <laughs> yeah. So I just do it myself. It's a lot easier to do it myself. It is, yeah. So some guys just don't like to, so they have their significant other do it, and that's totally fine. Um, I had a similar experience when I, I broke my leg in high school, so I had to give myself uh, Lovenox injections in the stomach. Um, and so my mom was doing it for me, and she injected and then pulled back out because she got nervous and then had to do it again. So. Yeah. Um, but I love when they when the significant others come in, you know, for the first visit or whatever, all the visits, um, teach them how to do it. They are there for the conversation. They're usually more honest than the, the guys are, you know. Right. Um, I, all my husband's medical stuff, it's like, okay, you just sit there. I'll ask all the questions. I'll know all the information. Exactly, yeah. So if they're not comfortable with doing it the first few times, is it an option to come into your office and maybe like even have you observe, walk them through it for the first few times just to make sure that they're – doing it correctly for sure the first one's always in office by me so i always i go through everything this is what everything looks like this is how you draw it up this is how you cleanly aseptically inject it um so the first one regardless is always in office okay um you know i give them the option they can do it themselves if they want to usually they don't which is totally fine Um, but yeah certainly if they i want them to feel comfortable so if they feel like they want to come back in for a couple of injections um either for me to do it or you know they do it in front of me or the significant other does it in front of me whatever they feel comfortable with um, that's totally fine yeah Um, I want it to be pretty straightforward and and pretty you know easy for guys and usually that's doing it at home yeah you You said you had other options besides this yeah so the last option uh, is uh, topical testosterone so this is a little bit different with us too because the the commercially available topical testosterone is in uh, alcohol base so you have to put it on your skin a lot of times it's your thighs or your arms But your skin is made essentially to keep stuff out. So with these, people's testosterone levels don't seem to improve that much. Some people do. Um, Most of the time with these commercially available ones, they don't do great from my experience. So I use a compounding pharmacy, and they compound this testosterone in a a lotion base essentially. So um, they get to put it on twice a day to their scrotum. Sorry. Um, And... It gets absorbed really well, so your scrotum is more like a mucous membrane. So uh, it's not as good at keeping stuff out, which is good in this particular instance because it absorbs really well. It's really stable. People do really good on it and feel pretty good too. So that's a good option too. And those, of course, they're doing themselves. Those aren't in office. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I should have a follow up question, shouldn't I? Um, let's let's. Okay. Who pays for all this? 
Uh, that's a good question. So I don't take insurance for, for a, a bunch Why of different reasons. Yeah. So one of them um, is because, one, they don't like to pay for anything from what I've seen. And usually by the time you get them and you take their insurance, they're usually paying more with their deductible and out-of-pocket than they are if they were just to pay a cash pay right. with me. Um you know, like we talked touched on a little bit ago, there's a technical diagnosis for low testosterone called hypogonadism, and it's set forth in part by insurance companies, so it's pretty hard to get. So to get this, you have to have two total testosterones drawn on two separate occasions before 10 a.m., less than 300. So it's pretty hard to get the, do it before 10 a.m. because if you remember, your testosterone is produced at nighttime when you're sleeping, so that's when it's going to be the highest. I was just going to say, yeah, that would wouldn't that be kind of a silly time to do it? I think, in my opinion, yeah, because yeah. you know sometimes, it goes against you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't like insurance, you know, for that reason. Usually they don't like to pay unless you have that diagnosis. Right. Um, you know, people come in all the time and they'll say, well, I, I don't feel great. They have all these issues and all these symptoms. We'll check their testosterone and it's 310 or something. And so insurance wouldn't cover them anyway. Right. Um, and I've even seen, you know, they'll go and their testosterone is, I've had a patient at 301 and then I had a patient okay. at 299. They covered the 299, but not the 301. Right. And like this is, you know, they don't look at symptoms at all. So what 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 is a good number to your testosterone to be? So it's pretty variable, you know. For f- I'd like to look at symptoms mostly. You know, what, at what number do you most or all of your symptoms improve? You know, usually that's seven, eight, nine hundred. So it's sort of top top of the really? reference range. Um, okay. Yeah, so the reference range is pretty huge, and it's another thing I have an issue with. So depending on the lab, the reference range for your total testosterone is anywhere from 250 to 900. Oh, my goodness. So they'll basically say if you're anywhere in here, you are, quote-unquote, fine or okay. So she's got a 16-year-old son. Is his level going to be higher than a... 67 year old co-host they should be yeah <laughs> like quite a bit um that's another thing too they'll kind of they'll look at your age and they'll say well you're within this age group the average testosterone level is between you know it's 250 to 800 or 900 okay. or whatever okay. um but the the sort of issue too is that our testosterone level has been decreasing for around one percent per year on average. So we're fifty percent lower than we were fifty years ago. And instead of addressing why or asking why, they're just bringing down this range and saying well, this is a new normal. Even though people within these new normal ranges have all these symptoms: fatigue, decreased libido, erectile dysfunction, gaining weight, can't put on or gain muscle, uh, can't keep muscle, foggy thinking, all these things that are affecting their day-to-day life, um, and nobody's seeming to care as long as you're within this. So dropping the standard rather than addressing the issue. Exactly. The foggy thinking keeps coming back to me for some reason there. What what does that have to do with your testosterone level? Uh, for whatever reason, that just helps uh, with your cognitive ability. So it helps with your brain function, essentially. So it helps a lot of times with foggy thinking and, and uh, motivation, too, is a big one that I hear a lot. Okay. Um, did you have Yeah. So how long does it take for the symptoms to start to improve after they've had a treatment or two? Yeah, that's a great question, too. So... It's it's a little bit variable person to person. Right. So people that are extremely low, you know, I've had people that are in their 40, like 46 for their testosterone level, which is extremely low. They'll probably notice improvements faster. The I usually tell people, try to give it at least three months if you're going to do testosterone replacement therapy. That's with me or anybody because it takes time. So your body... 
even if you bring your testosterone level from 200 to 800, your body's not ready for it. It doesn't know how to use it. It doesn't have enough receptors for it. So you essentially have to upregulate these receptors to be able to utilize the testosterone, and then your body actually has to start using it for all these issues to help you feel better, and all that takes time. So usually, you know, people the first couple of weeks, like, I think I've noticed something. I don't know if it's placebo or not. Um, usually I hear that a lot. Usually it's not placebo. And then as time goes on, you know, the first six or eight weeks, just kind of feeling a little bit better overall, you know, just mildly better. Looking back, like, okay, I feel better, maybe less fatigue and those things. And then around eight, ten weeks, usually more like the uh, sexual qualities are improving, their libido's better, erections are better, those types of things. And then around, you know, you're kind of at the three-month mark, feeling quite a bit better usually. Some people take up to six months, um, but really within that first year, you're, you're kind of slowly improving over time. Okay. Random question, maybe inappropriate. Um, what happens if you take too much tes- testosterone? C- could you just be walking around... So embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, therapeutically, there's not necessarily too much testosterone, I don't think. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a hard question to say what is too much. Right. Because um, bodybuilders, you know, that are using testosterone to gain muscle, you know, they'll use like 400 milligrams a week. And we talked about earlier, I'd start like 160. So they're okay. using a lot. I do not recommend that. Um, but, you know, but that they're doing their own thing and that's totally fine. Um, I can appreciate what they're doing, but, but therapeutically, if you're just trying to do testosterone placement therapy to sort of feel better and all those things, you know, even if your testosterone level goes up to like 1500, there's usually no sort of issues or side effects, but some people, you know, if, if their testosterone levels are high, on the high side, sometimes they'll get sort of palpitations in their heart or they just get too excited and just, like, can't sleep very well because they're feeling sort of too amped up, okay. those types of things. So we just decrease the dose. It's super easy. That was my next question. What are some of the side effects? There's um, there's some issues with that I have with side effects, too. So um, the first one being that um, there's a poorly done study several years ago, decades ago, really, about testosterone and, and in that study they had patients that had a, a blood clotting disorder and so then the on average their their blood clotting numbers were higher than the general population and they said well it must be due to testosterone they didn't look into the people that had the blood clotting disorder at all they just blamed it on testosterone there's been a lot of studies more recently that have disproven that and showed no direct correlation between testosterone placement therapy and blood clots that I've read. Um, I'd be happy to read them if anybody finds one, but I haven't seen them and I've researched a lot. Um, so I don't think that's really an, an issue, but it's out there, so I like people to know about it. You know, part of the reason, too, that it's speculated that testosterone causes um, blood clots is because testosterone is used to make red blood cells. So if you're increasing your testosterone levels, oftentimes your red blood cell production increases as well, and they speculate that could cause issues. However, there's been studies that have disproven that as well. Um, but that's another reason I like the twice a week injections because it doesn't stimulate your red blood cell production as much. Okay, yeah, yeah. What What are these injections doing to other medications you're taking are they fighting with each other at all nope so uh, the testosterone that you get is bioidentical your body doesn't know any different to it between what you're making endogenously inside or what you're injecting so there's really no medication contraindications that's awesome yeah it's great that's really cool we need to take a quick break don't go anywhere we're uh, we're just getting warmed up here today's show is being brought to you by the lule group lule's car connection down lule homes and Teresa Lule State Farm Insurance. We'll be back with our final segment. Our guest is Chris McEwen from the Quality Men's Health. And we'll give you information on how you can get in touch with Chris when we come back. Stick around.
You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM, brought to you today by the Lule Group. We are back with our final few minutes. Today's guest is Chris McEwen from Quality Men's Health, and we're talking about testosterone. Why can I not say that word? <laughs> we were talking about side effects. We started to talk a little bit about side effects. What are some of the side effects for this treatment? Yeah, so another one is um, some people are worried about prostate cancer risk with testosterone replacement therapy. Again, that was just speculation because part of the treatment for prostate cancer is essentially to turn off all your hormones um, along with some other things and then that can help improve your prostate cancer. However, you know, people that even have a prostatectomy or their prostate removed from pro- because they had prostate cancer, they generally need to be on testosterone replacement therapy after that as well because of the medications they were on before. There's also um, been no studies to show a direct correlation between testosterone replacement therapy and uh, prostate cancer risk. There's even been some that I've seen that have shown the opposite, saying that people on long-term testosterone replacement therapy have a decreased likelihood of prostate cancer. And that okay. makes more sense to me because young men aren't getting prostate cancer, right. you know, generally, uh, when their testosterone is as high as it's ever going to be. Does the medical field, do they like you? No, not usually. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's one of those things that medicine's generally behind because, you know, there needs to be studies done on it. They need to be proved and peer-reviewed. Then they need to be put in a book, and then they need to be taught, and then the then the people graduate, you know, the providers graduate. And then by that time, you know, it's 10 years old already mm-hmm. or more. And then yeah. a lot of times, you know, people that have been practicing for 30, 40 years, you know, they still were taught this stuff about testosterone when those when those studies were coming out and how it's sort of, bad and scary for all these reasons which you know it's pretty much been disproven lately how can how do you prescribe you're not a doctor how can you prescribe so i'm a nurse practitioner so i have my dea license and so you can prescribe. i can yeah i can diagnose and prescribe yep okay how, how long does this treatment last so it's basically you know when people start they generally don't quit because okay. they feel so much better and they I hear all the time I'm never going back to where I was before or who I was before how I was feeling before um, so it's sort of a, a scary thing to think about but once you start and once you're feeling better and doing all those things uh, people don't quit you know people feel better and they're just never going to go back to <laughs> being sluggish right. again they're pu- can you quit though um, I guess would there be uh, any side effects of uh, of quitting you definitely can um like i said most people don't a couple of people have for whatever reason you know and that's that's okay that's their choice and that happens so um basically what happens it's called testosterone replacement therapy because it it replaces your endogenous your inside testosterone production it essentially shuts it off because your your brain and your pituitary it's basically set at whatever level of testosterone that you're at. like It's like a thermostat, essentially. Say your testosterone level is 200. Once you get below that, then your, your thermostat, or so to speak, kicks in. It brings your level up to 200, and then you're kind of done and sitting there. But when you're getting exogenous outside testosterone, you're doing your injections of your cream, your testosterone level goes up, you know, 700, 800 or so. Well, now you're never below that threshold of the 200 to turn on your endogenous inside testosterone production anymore. Which is okay because your levels are better, you're doing better, feeling better. A side effect of concern with that is one, um, since you're not making testosterone anymore, you're not stimulating your sperm production as much anymore either. So infertility is a potential risk. We could we could talk about that more in detail at the visit. There are things you can do to address that. So um, it's not a guarantee. There's other medications that can help with that. Um, so basically to long answer your question when when you were to if you were to stop 
if you were to stop cold turkey, you're now not producing endogenous testosterone inside testosterone, and you're not injecting or, or applying testosterone, so you kind of go to pretty much zero, um, which I don't recommend. So there's medications that you can take that essentially stimulate your your endogenous inside testosterone production again to sort of bring them up. We talked a little bit about that earlier. So basically transitioning with those and then, you know, for a month or so and then um, just getting off of it and be fine. Okay. Yeah, studies are showing that you should go back to the level you were before testosterone therapy if you were to quit. Okay. What does all this cost? So it's a subscription-based model. Like I said, I don't take insurance because I don't want to have to bill people and see them more than I feel is necessary. So the subscription is $225, and that covers any visit with me, so any provider visit, uh, the testosterone itself, and any supplies. Um, the oh, testosterone wow. gets shipped to your house, and I give you the supplies or ship them to your house as well. So very affordable. So it's $200 every time the, uh, a shipment is sent to your house? So it's $225 a month. It's a subscription that bills out every month. So there's unlimited visits. I think that's important because I see all the time online people are, you know, asking questions to places online like Reddit or whatever and and people are taking the information from perfect strangers and using that as fact or you know and they're just other a lot of times people that don't have a degree too so um, I think it's important that they should be able to call me and talk to me and say hey this is what's going on what should yeah. I do you know without having to get billed a visit for that. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah, I think it's really I important. Think that's great. Yeah, because um, there's there's a lot of misinformation on testosterone out there, and there's a lot of people that claim to know a lot about it, but maybe isn't the best. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So what what if someone's trying to conceive and they're having a problem? Um, I know typically the men will get looked at first. Yeah, usually so because it's just easier. Right. So they can go basically have a sperm analysis, kind of looking at. Are you know are they good swimmers or so to speak you know those types of things, but on testosterone, you know you have a decreased sperm production generally. I have had patients conceive while on testosterone itself. There's those other medications we talked about. We could do sort of at the same time if they wanted to. You can still conceive because you know then you're you're stimulating your endogenous inside testosterone and you're supplementing it with uh, exogenous testosterone as well. Sometimes we can do just the sort of medications that stimulate your endogenous production, but a lot of times what I've seen, it just doesn't do it to a point where people are feeling very good or fe- feeling better on it to make it worth it by itself, but it's certainly something we could look at and address. So it's, it's best then to come and see you, for, for the couple to come and see you? I prefer it for sure. Yeah. Um, for any of my visits, honestly, because like I said, the, the women, the significant others, drive the ship. Yeah, they're honest, more honest, and uh, sometimes the guys are forgetful and maybe forget to mention some things. Foggy, uh, foggy thinking, foggy exactly. Thinking. Um, or they'll go home and they'll they'll talk to their significant other, and then I'll get a phone call. I'm like, well, he said this. I'm like, well, he, you know, it's a lot in the first visit, so sometimes it it gets a little confusing. So it's nice to have two people there. Yeah. Okay. All right. If uh, someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, they can either call me at uh, 503-339-7228. You can also email me at uh, info at qualitmenshealth.com um, or look at my website at uh, oh, qualitmenshealth.com. 
And if you guys didn't catch any of that because you're driving or just weren't able to jot it down. You're a little foggy. Yeah, quite <laughs> a little foggy. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and email me, amanda at kslm.news, and I will send you guys, or just call us, and I can send you guys over all of the information, links, phone numbers, and all that good yeah, stuff. Don't, don't call me because I'm already foggy right, as it is right we now. Know, and, you know, we, we know. Want... We need to get him a visit yeah. scheduled, Patty. <laughs> um, so what if, I guess I got... You hear probably the common thing, I'm just getting too old. Uh, this is just how, who I am. Mm-hmm. It, and is that really the right answer? Uh, I don't think so. You know, I, we talked earlier, you can age gracefully, I think. So people will just say, well, I'm getting too old. I'm just dealing with it. And a lot of people have gone to their provider and they've had their testosterone checked and they're within that 250 range to 900. Um, and they'll just say, you're fine. You know, I think addressing all these symptoms is important and so people can feel better um so certainly it comes with age but it doesn't mean we can't address it and and help you feel better in a more productive quality life absolutely all right uh chris your phone number again is 503-339-7228 503-339-7228 and uh, if you would like more information you give chris a call and he'll be more than glad to chat up with you absolutely all right Hey, thank you, my friend. Would you uh, come yeah, back and join you. us again? I'd love to. Yeah, thanks for having me today. When my mind's not so foggy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll have to come After see me visit. first, maybe. <laughs> After my first visit. There you yeah. go. All right. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you, guys. We are just about out of time for today's show. Remember, you can catch our show every Saturday at 10 a.m. and a replay Sundays at 6 p.m. right here on Salem's original radio station, KSLM. A reminder, if you missed any of today's show or would like to hear any of my shows, you can always hear a podcast on our official KSLM website at www.kslm.news or on my official website at www.terrysaul.com. If you would like to drop me a note, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is terry at kslm.news. We'll see you next time. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to The Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is brought to you by the Lule Group, featuring Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Holmes, and Teresa Lule's State Farm Insurance. That's a wrap. Thanks, everybody. Good show. Bye, everybody.